Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. What does the word disruptive mean to you? It means going beyond the ordinary, going beyond the status quo. Not thinking in the conventional way, not just sort of following the herd. Disruptive means shaking things up, you know? Disruptive entrepreneur is somebody who sees the problem and embraces the problem with a new way. Shake up and awakening. Quality will take care of itself and you'll go from being disruptive but also profitable. When you use your own reservoir of talent, when you love what you do, then you disrupt. Mix it up, change it up and dominate. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob Moore. Now, I don't think most people know what content marketing really is or means. And then if they think they do, I don't think they know really how to leverage it or to use it to build their brand, to build their income, to build their reach, to build their lead incoming lead flow, you know, incoming as in or, or organically coming towards you rather than you having to push out and sell. Uh, and so in this podcast, I wanted to just talk through how it benefits you, how to do it properly, why it's worthy of your time, how to um, sort of merge it into your life without having to feel like you have to do so much extra work. So I don't believe that content marketing really is marketing. And I think that's the first thing that probably most people don't understand. Now, um, I always used to think it was pretty clear, but I've been reading a lot of business and marketing plans. I've, I've launched a brand new marketing mastermind um, and I've probably read 20 uh, business and marketing plans over the last five days. Uh, and I think it's quite shocking to me how many business owners aren't putting themselves out there enough, have fear of putting themselves out there, don't really understand why giving information and value out is beneficial to them and their business. There's plenty of people getting word of mouth um, recommendations. There's plenty of people doing telemarketing, which costs a lot more and is quite pushy. Yet they're not leveraging this, this magic in marketing that isn't really marketing, which is called content marketing. So I think the first thing is, if we get out of our head that it's marketing, it's not really marketing. That's the result. But actually what you're doing is you're adding value to your followers, your fans, your ideal client and your market. You are sharing information that has helped you become successful in your business, that positions you in your brand and your marketplace, uh, and that solves the problems, inspires, motivates and educates your market. That's really what content marketing is. Now, I think a lot of people don't do that for a few reasons. Number one is they feel they don't have time which is not true. We all have time. It's just, what do you prioritize? So that's number one. I think number two is they sometimes perceive that they don't know enough or they feel it's quite difficult to come up with all these ideas for content, which actually is not true either. It's very easy. I'll give you one example. What do you do in your day, uh, in, in your own business journey, that could also be valuable to your followers, fans, customers, and clients? Well, my guess is a lot. You know, maybe you're having discussions with clients. Maybe you're solving problems. Maybe you're dealing with staff issues. Maybe you're trying to, to outsource, to leverage, to grow, to scale. Well, all of these things that happen in your business day to day, those things are valuable to your clients, leads, followers and fans. Now, I must admit, in the early days when I used to see these big American influencers having a video guy following them around, going, whoa, look at me. My, the English reservedness came out of me and I thought, oh, I'm never going to do that. I'm not showy and flashy enough. That would make me uncomfortable. Look at them. Who do they think they are? Some kind of influencer. 
But actually, if you just have a, a little audio recording device like this, this Zoom H1, it's a really good little piece of kit. It's only 80 quid with a Lavelle lav mic that you clip on. Um, you can just record the, va the valuable discussions that you're having, and that can become content for podcasts. And um, if you just uh, do a live video straight after you solved something or you had a revelation, your own revelations are great content for your market because they're likely to have similar revelations. Um, and so certainly more and more, I've been trying to embrace getting a, a, a film crew come around. I mean, I've got a film crew that work in my office and I'm still a bit, oh, don't come near me. Oh, don't film me. Oh, it'll, it'll be unnatural. You know, so I'm still trying to grow to my next level and get over that a little bit more. So people feel like they don't have the time when they do. I'll talk about that in a minute. People feel like they don't have something to say when they do. I think the next thing that people think is it's not really going to generate the business that they want. Well, um, OK, it won't today. You can do Facebook ads and Google ads and various direct, direct response marketing today. And that may generate results today. That also may burn a load of money, by the way, if you've not tested it properly. Uh, and it is definitely true to say that your content marketing, you know, you're putting your value out to the world. Rashminder's made a good point. He said value is the new marketing, very much so. There is a delayed response. But I mean, there's a delayed response in anything. If you want to um, go to the gym and work out, there's a delayed response in losing the weight or gaining the muscle. You know, if you want to visualize, there's a delayed response in getting the manifested reality that you want. There's a delayed response in everything. You know, you don't plant a seed today and come back tomorrow and say, well, where's my fucking tree? I've been scammed by the, the seed seller. There is no tree today. I planted it yesterday. Um, so I think that sometimes, in fact, oftentimes, the things that yield the best results are those that take, you know, longer to mature, uh, to develop, to flourish. So um, it does take a little bit of faith to go, you know what, I'm going to commit to doing one good piece of content a week, one good piece of content a day. You may have seen recently I've really upped my game and I'm trying to put three good pieces of content out per day, per platform. That's for me probably 21 or 24 pieces of content. You know, it's a lot. Now, of course, I can repurpose across many media, which helps. Um, but there's, there's certainly for me, I've noticed that the more I put out, the more I get back. So I get more private messages on LinkedIn. I get more private messages on Facebook. Now, of course, that does attract some extra work of which not all of that is people saying, hey, here's a load of money, Rob, have it. Um, but it's hard to put a figure on it, but but I would say certainly my podcast has generated more than three million pound in trickle down revenue. I, I would say maybe 250 messages a day I get incoming on my social media platforms now, all of them, you know, collated together, roughly speaking. Um, I would say 10 to 20 percent of them are probably really good leads for my business. Maybe 10 to 20 percent of them are just um, messages of um, gratitude or sharing you know, stories of success thanks to my books and podcasts and everything else. Um, I would say, you know, a third of them are probably people just asking questions. Now, I don't mind having a lot of incoming where people ask questions because a question that you answer, which is the second stage, because stage one is they see your content, get value from it. They reach out to you, you answer a question. Well, that could become a lifetime client. You know, how do you how do you not know that that's the case? Now, of course, you have a faith when you plant a seed that there's going to be a tree one day. So by the same token, you have to have faith that when you put good value out to the world, you get it back. I think a lot of people do it a couple of times, don't see any immediate results. And they're like, oh, well, you know, that didn't work. Where's my fucking tree? When in reality, you've got to do it consistently. 
I mean, you know, if you were going to lend money to someone, you wouldn't lend money to one person who's done one video on a Facebook Live or gone to one networking event that you met once and never came back. So this is certain amount of consistency is required. So let's go back now to the time element. So um, a great way to leverage your time is to compartmentalize in your day anywhere between five and 30 minutes for content creation. And that could be both the creation and the idea, you know, the planning of it, the making the notes. Notice from me watching this, uh, as you, if you're watching the video version of this, I don't have any notes, um, you know, but I know that if I just conversationally talk about content marketing, I've got faith in myself that I've got information out there. But other times you'll notice I've got my laptop to the side and I'm slightly looking to the right and I'm reading through five or seven or nine ways to do something. So something that you feel like you know really well, just express yourself naturally like this. You may go on some tangents. It might be conversational, but hopefully there'll be, good, be some good stuff in it. But then other stuff that, you know, maybe the, the bullets need to be specific or the content needs to be really clear. You know, just have some notes behind your phone uh, and, um, you know, just deliver that content in video or audio format. So um, if you put aside five to 30 minutes, three to five times a week to both create and record your content, then you're going to have five pieces of content a week. But actually, you're not, because if you do a video like this, if you're watching the video, I'm doing this live. Um, I've got a researcher outsource, a general legend who's been working with me for 12 years. He will take this and he will put this onto LinkedIn. Now, if it goes over 10 minutes, which my two minute videos often go over 10 minutes, he will take the best 10 minutes and he'll put that onto LinkedIn. Then he'll take a little one minute excerpt and he'll put that onto Instagram. He'll take this and he'll put it onto YouTube. I'm also recording the audio. Uh, so this audio goes on the Disruptive Entrepreneur podcast if you're listening to the audio. So actually, you know, it's taken me five or 10 minutes to plan let's say 15 minutes to deliver. So that's 25 minutes. Um, and I always do this between 8.30 and nine o'clock because it's a good time for me. My energy is good. I've already done some good work because I get up nice and early. So I don't feel like it's encroaching on high value tasks. Um, and I, of course, over the years when I've done this, I've realized the great benefit that it's got. Um, so, you know, this 15 minutes becomes the live feed. I can share it in a couple of my groups. So that's three pieces of content. Let's say I get three one minute excerpts for Instagram. Then that's six pieces of content. Now, I could use that once a year, by the way, because you can um, sort of just schedule it in when when sort of people have forgotten about it. So that becomes, say, nine pieces of content. The, the YouTube video, 10 pieces of content. Um, the podcast, 11 pieces of content. The, the, the LinkedIn um, video 12 pieces of content. It, it could become a blog for SEO and LinkedIn. That's one piece of time, 14 pieces of content. So if you think smart and strategically about it, then it's actually a really good use of time. Where else can you spend one unit of time and get a 14 times unit of time return? You can't get that leverage even in property. You just can't get that leverage anywhere else. Um, so then you're reaching 14 different um, potential sets of customers. Now, when I talk about this, a lot of people worry that, well, if I'm repurposing it across multiple platforms, you know, that'll be a duplication. A lot of people will see all the same content and they might get frustrated or complain about that. Well, um, there's a few things I can share with you, which I think will hopefully get you over that. The first thing is most of the social media platforms will not give you reach to even 10% of your followers or your fans. So, you know, on Facebook, my videos will normally get between three and 5,000 views um, and there's 134,000 people that follow me. You know, now that's pretty low, you know, like that's actually annoying. Um, uh, huh. So I know I've got to do what, 20, 30, 40, I don't know, more videos 
for prorated my video to reach every person. Now, of course, what's going to happen is some it's never going to reach and some it's going to, they're going to see more than one. Your top fans will usually consume all of your content and that's great. Um, so, you know, if you put if you put your content across all the media and each media lets you reach 10%, then you've got to do 10 pieces of content on that one media platform just for, in theory, everyone to see it once. Although, like I said, some will see it, some won't see it and some will see it more than once. Now, those that will see it more than once will want to see it more than once um, or, or more than one piece of content, sorry, because the algorithm knows that they favour watching your content because it's got this intuitive, uh, you know, like, um, it just continually, this is like machine learns people's habits. So the people that see your content a lot want to see your content a lot. Uh, and the people that don't, don't so much. So you've, but, you know, you've got to put a lot more content out there just to get it seen once per person. The next thing is you've, get a, you've got a very different audience on Instagram versus LinkedIn versus Facebook versus in a Facebook group versus Twitter versus on your podcast because people prefer to consume different media. I've you know, the MD uh, of Progressive Property, she says she doesn't really use Facebook at all, but she uses Instagram and she uses that a lot. And of course, there are people vice versa. I use Facebook a lot more than I use Instagram. Um, I, I'm a great listener of and I have a podcast. I have two podcasts. But of course, only what I think it's now about 12 to 15 percent of the UK have listened to a podcast. That's, that's quite small. Other people prefer YouTube. Um, so, you know, yeah, yes, you've got your top fans who subscribe to you across all the platforms and they want to see your content. This is the point. Now, I went from one piece a, uh, a week to three pieces a week to one piece a day. And now I'm like I said, I'm going for um, three pieces of content per day per platform. Uh, and now I do notice that the reach per piece of content slightly goes down. But the overall reach, the overall views, watches, shares, um, comments has gone up. So the more content you put out there, the more people you reach. It's just a, a numbers game. Therefore, the more the goodwill you've built remotely, um, therefore, the more incoming leads you'll have. Now, when it comes to content marketing, like I said, don't think of it as marketing. Think it as a, of it as adding value. It's important to express for maybe 80% of the time the things that you do that are in your niche and market that your ideal clients are going to relate to and um, are going to most make them likely to understand the business that you do and be a potential client. I see a lot of people out there putting lots of random pieces of content out there uh, and that sends a mixed message. So I have this 80-10-5-5 rule for content posting, which I think you'll um, get a lot of benefit from. So 80% is you talking about your market, your model, your niche, the business that you're in that attracts your ideal clients. Now, 10% of the time, it's good to talk about yourself, you know, some of the things you like to do, some of the credibility that you have, um, because people don't care what you know till they know that you care. People want to relate to you as a person, not as a, a cold corporate machine. Now, I've always had this sort of phobia, I guess, not major, but, you know, I've always thought people don't care about me. They don't want to know about all the things I'm doing. What they want to get is good content. And so for quite a long time, probably two or three years, it was just content, 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 content. But I realise people want to be inspired, motivated, educated and entertained. And they want to connect with you as an individual. They don't just want to know about your business model and your information. They want to know a bit about you, the, the human being, that you care, that you're interesting, that you're like them. Now, of course, if you do that 90% of the time, it's just a, hey, look at me, look at what I do. Now, if you're Kim Kardashian or, you know, some kind of massive celebrity, then people who follow you, they just want to know what you're up to. They want to get behind the curtain, if you like. 
Um, so I suggest you do that about 10% of the time. Then 5% of the time, you do what I call engagement jacking or news jacking. And that is just leveraging certain posts and certain things that happen in the media and certain sort of world events that there's a lot of energy around for you to get more reach and more engagement. So I did a, a, just a simple post about Bill Gates. Um, it was modeled on someone else's post. I wrote it into my own words. Um, and, I, you know, it's sort of linked to my brand. But, but really, it's, you, you know, it doesn't have the same educational or sort of information value as my usual posts. And that got what I think so far is up at 800,000 views. I think it got 250,000 views in the first day. And now I have 30, what, nearly 36,000 followers on LinkedIn. Yet that LinkedIn allowed me to reach nearly 800,000 people. Um, that's another podcast for another time about LinkedIn, by the way, because it's pretty much the only platform that will give you vast reach beyond your own connections. So that, that content was intentionally put there to get that extra reach to, because it, it, that means that 800,000 people have viewed that piece of content. Um, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of comments, thousands of likes, um, which means that there'll be a trickle down effect that let's say 10% of them will view my profile. And let's say 20% of those who view my profile will follow me. So that's going to get me a few hundred organic followers. So there's this trickle down effect of followers as well as this trickle down effect of, um, you know, generating leads and business and interest. And then the other 5% is, is for you to do your pitching and your selling. Now, um, you shouldn't be scared to do your pitching and selling but if you do it all the time, there's a lot of people that use social media very infrequently. And when they do, it's always a pitch and you're not going to build any goodwill. Uh, and people probably aren't going to, you know, this is why they don't work a lot of the time. This is why a lot of people don't use social media because they haven't done it the right way. So let me remind you that 80% content, value, information, inspiration, education, motivation. 10% of the time about you, what you're up to. Maybe you do some charity stuff. Maybe, you know, pictures of your cars or your books or your kids or where you're going or whatever. Um, and then 5% of the time engagement and news jacking, and then 5% of the time you do your pitch. So let's say you want to do um, five pitches a month, you know, and you might deem that as quite a lot. Well, then you need to do 100 pieces of content a month to earn the right to do five pitches a month. Now, by the way, I'm a bit soft, um, so it could quite easily be 60, 10, 15, 15, and you could do 15 out of 100 pitches. 15 pitches out of 100 pieces of content wouldn't be too much at all. Um, so if you use that model, you're going to get a lot more leverage out of your content marketing, which isn't content marketing. You could call it a value attraction because really what it is, is it's putting value out there and it's attracting your clients. Now, the next thing is, you know, no one likes to be sold to, but everyone likes to buy. So there's plenty of people out in the world, thousands, hundreds of thousands or millions who are potential clients of yours, and they love to buy. They want the product or service that you've got, but they don't really want to be hard pitched to. So really, if you think about it, the best way to build them as a client is to allow them to make their own decision in their own time, in their own space, in their own environment, build this goodwill and trust with you, which usually takes about 10 hours, and then come to you ready to buy. So the great thing about writing books, of which I've written now 14, um, I think seven have my name on the title, seven are co-authored or ghostwritten by me. Um, I've got now 340 episodes of The Disruptive Entrepreneur. I think we're nearly 50 of the podcast money. If I'm doing now two to three pieces of content per platform, there's probably eight to 10,000 pieces of content out there that's reached millions of people. Now, I don't have millions of followers. I do have hundreds of thousands. So I'm in that middle bracket between the startup and then the massive American influencer. But because of the amount of content I've put out there, I've probably reached, um, you know, 10 or 100 times more people than I have got followers. So that, that these people have been able to scroll down on my Facebook page and watch hundreds of videos, then link, listen to my podcast and listen to hundreds of episodes. 
you know, we'll go on YouTube and watch hundreds of videos, etc. And they've got a chance in their own environment, in their car, in the gym, when they're walking, on the train, on the plane, to listen to the content and learn from me. Now, of course, some people are going to go, I hate Rob's voice. I hate Rob's face. This is pretty common, actually. Uh, and they're going to leave. And that's fine. That's a good way to disqualify. At least they don't come to me and start critiquing and trolling. They try it. They hated it off. By the way, it's usually the 99p Kindle buyers. There's a, there's a lesson in that. But of course, you know, it's, it's likely only 5% of the people that ever hear about you or, or, or see you or follow you are going to end up being, being really big critics. It's, it's quite a myth that it's a lot less than you think that there are. And now, of course, if you're Donald Trump, it's probably 50-50. You're probably quite divisive. But of course, he's got billions of people who know him. Um, so, yeah. So someone is able to consume all this content and they come to you when they choose on their terms. They've probably consumed 10, 20, 30 hours of your great content. They're educated, motivated, inspired, and they're ready to buy. And then there's way less friction to buy. And then those 5% of the time, or 15%, if you want to be a little bit more um, forthright than I am, because I'm soft, then, you know, you're just literally collecting in the built up sales and goodwill. So, yeah, okay. I think I've talked enough about um, content marketing and what it is. If I could summarize for you, content marketing isn't really marketing. It's creating value to the world. Um, like when you plant a seed, you don't expe expect the tree the next day. You should think about this as planting various seeds that will mature into uh, saplings and trees, and then it will bear fruit, and then it will bear fruit every year. It's easier than you think. It's quicker than you think. You just have to put a bit of time in the diary between five and 30 minutes a day to plan and create the content. Then you repurpose the content across all media by making sure that you record the audio and the video, and you record the audio on many different platforms and the video on many different platforms, and then you transcribe and put on many different platforms. So you can turn one piece of content into up to 14, like I said. It's important that you keep doing it because consistency breed, breeds familiarity and trust. If you do it every now and again and randomly, people won't naturally trust you. Now, of course, if you do it all the time, some people are going to go, oh, bloody hell, Rob's all over Facebook and social media. He's annoying me, block. But that person was never going to be your client anyway. So you can't sort of not put your work out there in fear of the few people that aren't going to like it. Um, so once you've built that consistency, people can then build this goodwill and education and information and entertainment and inspiration on their own terms rather than you interrupting them with ads. Because I'm not against ads. I run, I spend, what, nearly £200,000 a month on marketing now. But those ads are interrupting people that were doing something else to then try and get them to come to an event or listen to a podcast. And that's, there's going to be some attrition and some resistance there. But if you've got these people all over the world listening to your podcast, watching your videos, reading your books, you know, getting content from you on Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter and Instagram and, you know, and all these, all these different media, then there's all this goodwill built all over the world. And then when you make your pitch, it doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be heavy. You don't have to worry about it failing. Because there's all this built up revenue and goodwill and, you know, lifetime clients ready to then exchange business with you. Uh, and their, the friction and their resistance and objections are way reduced. The next thing, just to finish, is that your personal brand is really the only asset you own. Now, I'm big into property, so some people find it weird when I say that because I have hundreds of properties. Um, and, you know, I earn millions of pounds a year from my property portfolio. But the reality is I have still got some lending on that. OK, it's not massive amount. It might be 55, 60 percent, but I've still got some lending on that. Now, if I didn't pay my mortgage for two months, I would find out who owns my properties because the banks would be on my door. And in the end, they would repossess me and take them back, even though they've only got 60 percent ownership of them. So I don't in, unless I'm completely unencumbered, un, unencumbered and I don't have any mortgages, I, I don't even have full control of my my assets. 
Um, my books are mostly controlled by my publishers or Amazon. If Amazon decides to sell my Kindle books for 99p, which attracts the lowest quality of buyers, and most of the one stars are from 99p Kindle buyers, there's some irony there, um, then I'm not in control of that. Whereas my social media, my podcasts, my videos, all the content I put out there, the followers, the fans that I have, I own those. They are me. If something happens to my companies, if I want to sell it, if there's a, a reputational issue, if you know there's some some kind of market crash in the properties and they go down and the banks call in the money and you know there's a hostile takeover of my company, I might not own any of that or control it. But I own and control all my personal brand, my social media, and 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 that as an asset. And if you look at a lot of the celebrities now, you know they're actually using their Instagram accounts themselves, and that they realise the power of social media. And of course, they're renting out. Um, posts and shout outs and they're getting a lot of income from that so this this is the thing that keeps the fire burning inside of me that it's worth my time to develop my my um social media and personal brand sometimes i'll do posts and i think well the reach and the comments and the likes that wasn't that great you know i could have done something different or better with my time or you know today when i did this post i didn't get a 250 messages like i normally do but every time you do it, you're going to pick up a natural amount of organic followers and fans. You're going to get a natural amount of comments and shares. So bit by bit, you're building your reach. And if you think about how things sort of connect like a neural network, it grows and it grows and it grows. I think it's the lily pads, you know, the, the, the I think, the, are they lilies? The, um, that the grow on the top of a pond. Um, and basically the day, they, they, they double in size every day. Um, and, you know, there might be one lily on this massive pond and it might take 2000 days for the lilies to cover the whole pond. But it only takes one day from it to go half covered to fully covered because it's one, two, four, eight, 16, 32, 64, 128, 256, 512, 1024, 2048. How long can I do this for? Uh, 4096. I'll stop there. So you get this compounded leverage of all the content and the um content marketing, the value that you put out in the world, but you can't see it. If you could see all the connections you were making all across the world, you'd do more of it. And that's why I like to look at the YouTube and the Facebook analytics. And I like to look at the podcast downloads. I've got 192 countries worth of people who subscribe to me. We should hit 10 million downloads this year. Uh, and I think it took us, you know, nearly a year to hit 1 million. Um, and then you get to 3 million in less than another year and, it's, and it compounds up. So hopefully that gives you some sort of faith and confidence to keep at it because it's your own brand. It's the only thing you own. So keep at it. So hopefully you found this podcast on content marketing useful. Do make sure you're following me on all the other social media like Instagram and Facebook um, and YouTube, which are the main three that I'm focusing on this. Year. So thanks for tuning in and have a great day. Oh, wait a minute. Remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything.